how do we move from submission to suffering? Well, I've thought about that all week long, and then I had an interesting experience in calling my father for his 90th birthday. When I call my dad, he always, I'm the oldest of six kids, six boys, and his, his response to me is always, Kevin, my boy. So I said, Dad, I'm calling to wish you a happy birthday. He said, Kevin, my boy. He doesn't hear well. He's quite infirm. Uh, he's going through some physical challenges, and we talked for a few minutes, and I said, Dad, do you have any words of wisdom for me before soon you leave us? He said, Kevin, my boy, what I'm learning is the Lord is always preparing me for a new address. I said, Dad, what do you mean? I'm not sure I have long to live and the Lord keeps taking things away from me ever preparing me for a new address. Hmm. That got me to think about suffering. Do we live with suffering with a destination mentality or a preparation mentality? Well, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Would you join me please in looking at the text of 1 Peter and what I'd like to do is really rustle around the idea of blessing in the midst of suffering. So 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 8, and I'm going to talk us through just a little bit. Finally, finally after what? After all the talk of submission. So chapter 2, verse 11, through chapter two, 3, verse 7, all deals with submission. Finally, all of you be like-minded, which means to be mutually submissive, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Now this next phrase caught my attention. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called, here's the purpose, so that you may inherit a blessing. Could you look up for just one minute now? So there are going to be two words called blessing in this passage. The word we just read twice has a specific usage. It's used 400 times. And every time it's used, it is speaking blessing. To this you were called. Called to what? Repay evil, suffering with blessing, because this you were called that you may inherit a blessing. Now that caught my attention. I think about, so this is not meant to be at all partisan about political year we're living in or the media world in which we live. But as I listen a little bit and watch less, may I say this? I, uh, what I hear is nonstop slander. So to this you were called to be a blessing. Speak blessing. So that you may inherit blessing. Hmm. What does it mean in suffering, times of suffering, to bless? So that got, made me run. I'm going to stop for a second. So in this passage I'm going to look at now for the next two or three weeks, no, watch me now, 13 times, 
13 times, he's going to talk about suffering. He's going to talk specifically about ways people suffer. And in the midst of that, he's going to invite them to live a different kind of a life. In the bottom of it, listen now, he's invited them to be those who bless. Now, I did this many years, my 28 years here among you. But back in the day, way back in the day in the old third church, I used this phrase, what goes around comes around. And it comes from Jesus' talk on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, and I quote Jesus, the measure that you use, this, it will be measured to you. As much as I judge, slander, diminish, dishonor, it will come back to me. So let me just, let me just invite you. Look at the famous bloggers, writers, TV personalities, or radio folk in the last 10 years. And watch the trajectory of their lives. Because what goes around comes around. And what he says to a suffering people who are being persecuted by the government, by employers, even in their homes, you are blessed. So be a blessing. Well, look, he goes now. Now he moves to Psalm 34, verse 10. Whoever would live life, love life, and see good days must, look at all the musts, must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Now, verse 12 is, is a euphemism. This isn't literally true. For the eyes of the Lord, it doesn't have eyes. The eyes of the Lord, but the Lord is present, looking, mindful of, and his ears attentive to their prayer. But the face, the countenance of the Lord is against those who do evil. So then he says in verse 13, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Now the word blessed there is makarios. If you go to the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers. All those, that's the word. What does that word mean? Happy are those who have a big kingdom perspective, who see what's to come, who believe in the victory, who, what's coming. Blessed, happy are those who see what's coming. Then he says, look at the next verse, ties it all together. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Let me give you that literal translation. The Lord God of heaven's armies. So the reason we can be a blessed people is because we have the biggest, most powerful being in all of creation on our side. So in your hearts, Revere Christ as the Lord God of heaven's armies. I'm not so mindful of this. I just, just, let me go. Always prepare to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason to the hope. Here's that word hope. Your future orientation that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So it's because a person understands she or he is blessed at the end of the series, on uh, November 22, Lord willing, I want to take you through parts of the Sermon on the Mount. What's so interesting about the Sermon on the Mount, maybe a little backstory. I told you this three weeks ago. The only people Jesus got angry at and opposed 
were the Kevins. The people who were highly theologically trained, who knew all the rules and religious laws, who didn't understand what Christ, that's who made Jesus stinking crazy mad. Not the sinners, quote unquote, not the poor. What did he call them? Sermon on the Mount, the Anavim. The story of the Sermon on the Mount is just so crazy. All these people who have been excluded forever are sitting on this huge mountainside. And Jesus says not to the 6,000 Kevins. He says to all these poor, regular people, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. And they're all going, who's, who's he talking to? He's talking to them. You are blessed. And why is he saying that? Because he's saying Everyone, everyone who is connected to this Jesus and his kingdom is eternally blessed. They're living in the blessing. So then he says, so always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope you have. How are you living in suffering? How do you have hope? Be doing your gentleness and respect. Well, the next verse, verse 16 but keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Now he moves to Jesus. And this is a really difficult, this is one of the most difficult passages in all scripture to understand. But let me just get you to the back end of it. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Jesus was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. So Pastor Keith is, is bringing to our congregation through the book entitled The Unseen Realm, what are called the Nephilim, Genesis 6, Jude 20, 2 Peter 1. There are angelic beings of power and horror and evil. Right here, it says Jesus went down to those powerful beings and said, I won, you lose, you die forever. And that's why he says to these suffering people, you have the Lord God of heaven's armies, the butt-kicking general, the warrior, the big guy, the powerful one. He says, he goes down to the place where all these horrible beings are, and he says to them, I'm gonna make some proclamation to you folks. You lost, and you will suffer forever. Next verse, verse 20. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah when the ark was being built, in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of sins, a dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the, look at it for now, it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand, look at the phrase, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. So not only did Jesus go down to the depths where these horrible demonic beings are living, he said to all of them, you lose, but now he is exalted to the highest place. And whoever is in the heavenly places, every single one of them is submitting to him because he is the Lord of heaven's armies. And that's why Peter says, you can live 
in suffering with hope. And instead of being people who curse, we can be people who bless. So I've got three little words. I'm trying to put this together with, trying to, in my own head, get it together. The words invoke, expect, and inject. Can I have the slide number six, please? So these are the three words. Invoke, invoke what? We want invocation. We want to speak a blessing. Let, let me get, uh, last week, Josh Dotzler, of those who were not here, our guest speaker last week was Josh Dotzler from Omaha. The ministry in Omaha is called Abide, and the church is called The Bridge. Phenomenal. And so I've had the privilege of walking with Josh, Josh through North Omaha. And Josh walks into liquor stores, he walks into schools, he walks into markets, he walks into restaurants. And Josh looks for ways to invoke a blessing. It's incredible. Our son, my son Clayton said last week said that if he go, when he walks with Josh, the, the, the people of the Bridge Church can't stop talking about their community. And they're following Josh's example. So Josh will walk up to Joe, say, Joe, you, I want to bless how you play the bass on Sunday. I want to bless you as a dad. Say, Brandon, I bless how you farm. I bless how you, way you take care of creation. Coach, I bless the way you love 144 football players at Central College. And he walks around and just says that to people. And you gotta just see people just light up. He's invoking a blessing. Why? Because in suffering, what does Peter say to his people? You are blessed. Blessed. And you're asked to bless. Why? So you inherit a blessing. So we can be people who invoke. So after the first service, a big, powerful man came up to me with tears in his eyes. And he said to me, what would happen if for the next two weeks, Christians blessed, blessed? So I just thought, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Let me just, I bless President Trump. I bless Vice President Biden. I bless Vice President Pence, I blessed Senator Harris. What would happen if all the Christians, no, no, I'm not, not talking po politics, I'm just talking about offering a blessing. Just to say to someone, I see you. I notice you. You're created in the image of God. There is goodness in you, even if we disagree. What would happen if Christians in America blessed over the next two weeks and did not curse? What would happen when we're playing our games? I see Kim. I remember, can I tell the football story? Is it okay? Can I remember that, with the blessing the boys did? Here's a crazy one. So from the Pella Christian football team, there was a, a school that had, I can't remember all the details, but there was, I think a tragedy, a young man killed himself, so some horrible thing happened. And the young men from Pella Christian wrote and said things of blessing to the players on this other team. We're talking football. Aren't you supposed to beat the crap out of somebody? Aren't you supposed to beat them up and stomp them down? And I'm told the, the players of the other school and the principal were just overwhelmed. What's up with that? See, in a, we don't know what to do with blessing. I want you to think about this. I'm going to walk around a little bit. 
What would happen if someone walked up to you and just said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. May the Lord make his countenance rest upon you and give you his peace. In your going out, in your coming in, in your labor, in your leisure, in your laughter and in your tears until that day when you stand before Jesus. What would that mean to people if you just looked at them and said, I bless you in the name of Jesus? The room just, the atmosphere in this room just changed. See, that's what we're invited to do. You have Christ's spirit in you. We are invited to say what Jesus said. So it says in the text, blessed so that you receive a blessing. Well, that's, that's invoke. How about expect? What do we expect? Well, at the end, the Lord of heaven's host, he's sitting at the right hand, meaning what? He's going to come back to judge the living and the dead. Thank you to Mike for doing the Apostles' Creed today. We can expect victory. Talking to my dad, and my brothers and I were talking this week. We don't know how long our father will live. But when he dies, we will celebrate. Because he's got a new address. He'll be doing great. Christ is victorious. And those we love die, they die in the Lord. So if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So if we live, or if we die, we are the Lord's. So we can expect victory. And maybe not now, maybe in the short term. So, you know, we, I just recently went over to Kirk's grave. In the short term, we lost. We lost a son. We lost. We lost a battle. But Jesus has won the war. We can expect victory because the Christ has risen from the dead. And now, and now, watch, and now we can inject hope. Because we understand blessing and give blessing. Because we can expect the kingdom will come in all kinds of unexpected ways. We can inject hope into our culture. This is a small thing, but it's not. Do I dare say it or not? Yes, okay. Thank you, Brenda. Brenda Rykook at trcpellet.com. <laughs> but here, 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 watch this. Just watch. Then this is, and then, but just notice people. Just look at people's eyes. If you dare, actually look in people's eyes. And if you know someone is looking at you with that level of intentionality, Something happens between us because I know you see me and something begins to happen. How many times and ways, you know, so I did an experiment. I had to go someplace and I wore a mask everywhere. And so what I thought I'd just do an experiment. So I'd walk around and I'd squint my eyes like I was mad and see how people responded to me. And then I walked around, had a great big smile inside the mask. Like, you know, I was exaggerating, right? And it was so different how people responded. Now, let me play with you this a little more. 
So this week I talked to um, a group in another state who really works with brain research and helps people who experience incredibly difficult PTSD. So what they're telling us is soldiers in war and a woman who is raped have similar levels of PTSD. So one in four women in America, they report sexual abuse, and one in 10 men. So a lot of us have experienced great pain. This research group, this medical team, is doing brain research, and they can identify the places in your brain where you have been deeply, deeply scarred and wounded. And they develop protocols of healing prayer and of, re and of uh, caring and counseling, and they're watching people be healed. And so I contacted these people and I said, so in a local church setting, what would be the most significant thing we could do readily if we don't have all access to all this research and all this stuff? He, the person just said, look at people in the eye and offer a positive word. So after the first service, someone who's often very critical of me, was in the first service, and, and critical of the way I speak, and you know, just different things. We just, just disagree, and it's good, fine. So he came up to me afterwards, and it's so interesting. He looked at me in the eye, first time in 20 some years, and he actually gave me a verbal blessing. And I just about went, who, who's he, you know what that felt like? You know what it felt like to someone who has criticized me repeatedly for years, walked up to me, looked me in the eyes, and said, a blessing? What did Jesus say? Bless your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Look at them. Bless them. Bless. Bless. Less. And what's the result? The text says, we inherit a blessing. So let me give you this and ask if you'd be willing. Could you just for a minute, um, go slide five first, Jim, and I'm gonna go back to and ask you to talk with each other. So I started with, with this idea. Could it be that God intends for the suffering of this life to help us prepare for the next? If that's true, I use the word invoke, bless, expect victory, inject hope. Could we take a moment, slide nine now, and if you're able, if you're willing, could we invite here in the auditorium, in the chapel, at home, could, could we take a risk and could you, could you, would you be willing to consider blessing someone close by. So if you need to social distance, be six feet apart. We're going to get up, move around. You don't have to if you don't want to. But for, if many of us could experience someone asking this question, what are you longing for today? You listen to what is communicated and just respond with, I bless you with whatever you have to say. Can we try it? Would you be able to give it a shot? If you don't want to, you don't need to. But for just a couple minutes, could we give it a shot? If you don't want to do it, 
Pretend you're praying, take a nap, but I'd be willing to ask you, could you, could you just bless somebody, okay? And if someone's sitting by themselves, come on, let's, let's take a risk. We're gonna spend eternity with these people, so pretend you like each other. How about take a little feedback? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. I, Nate and I did a blessing, and I said, how's it feel? And he said, a little awkward. A little... No, but, but anybody, response? What, what was your sense? What did you receive? What did you hear? Anybody? Come on, help me out. Being vulnerable blesses people. Thank you, Jan. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting in our world of, of all these connections, how lonely we are and how much we want someone to see us, to know our name, and to bless us. Good. Somebody else? Yes. Eric? Come on over here. Eric? There's no dark power when you speak the longings of your heart. And then as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as we hear, we can, we can, we can pray over, we can bless, we can, we can honor those deep longings. Thank you. Someone over here? Pardon me? Yep. So, Buck, so you would love the blessings of knowledge and wisdom to, to process those things? Yep. When people ask me how they can pray for me, that's what I always say. say wisdom. Yeah. Over right back here. Dustin. Uh, maybe. I mean, well, let's, let's, so Dustin says, can it go wrong or go bad? Well, I don't know. Let, let me read my experience. My experience, I, I have never been turned down asking people if I can pray for them. I've prayed, for, forgive me, but I've prayed in the bathroom at the football games, both Pella Christian and Pella High. I prayed in bathrooms. I prayed at airports. I've never been turned down if I said to someone, can I pray for you? 
No one has ever turned me down. Do I mispray? Yeah, probably. Do I misspeak? Maybe. But I think there's an intent that people can feel like, oh, what? I remember the first time I did it, one of our boys was playing football. We're all waiting to get in the bathroom. You know, there's a long line. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy story. Anyhow, so I'm, I'm praying for this guy. Here's the urinal, and they're all, what the heck is going on? Well, you know what? Why not? Why not? Let me push you. I travel in airports. I cannot believe the people, things people say and do on their phones in toilets. So can I bless? And can I pray? If you're going to talk about your deal in the toilet next to me? I'm, I'm, I'm being earthy, but I'm being honest. See, I, we, in our culture today, we're separating the sacred and the secular. Politicians can have their own beliefs, but don't bring them into life. That's garbage. We bring our full person into life, right? We bring all of us into life. Don't be ashamed. Please, don't be ashamed of Jesus. The text of Scripture says, if we're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of us. Don't be ashamed. Real, real famous uh, theologian was dying, and they're asking him, what's the single most important thing you ever learned as being a Christian? This brilliant PhD. This is what he said. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. There it is. Anybody else? One, one more comment? Mike. I just long for peace. I, we're in a nation now that just seems like they're so far apart on so many things. And, uh, I just wish somehow, you know, praying for our leaders and, and trying to. Yep. Mike says the, the, the vitriol and the, and the fighting is so high. We wish it was less. But obviously, we can't take care of everything. But if we live blessing lives, if we spoke blessing, we could begin to permeate culture. If instead of, so recently in a plane situation, uh, the last time I flew, there was a person ahead of me just ripping, screaming at the travel agent, or the person at the, at the counter. Just screaming, 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 screaming. And when, when this person left in anger and the person was trying to hold back tears, uh, I just walked up to him and said, you know, you, you were really honorable. That abuse was absolutely you know, uncalled for. I just want to thank you for taking care of us. He broke down and cried. Now, seriously, how hard is it to be a blessing? Jesus, give me your heart. Jesus, give me your words. Speak your words through me. So, Kathy, I want to bless you and Dale as you walk this journey through cancer. Just a blessing over you and your family. We can just walk around and we can just bless. We can bless. Bless your brother as he does what he does. And we, we, we can just, we, you hear what I'm saying? This, this isn't hard. But we can learn to do this and things can change. So my request would be today, would you bless someone today? Someone today. And then at school, at work, at the gas station someplace during the week, could you offer a blessing? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that we have the privilege and the opportunity to bless. So we thank you for all those among us, the women and the men, the boys and the girls who live among us as those who bless. 
We thank you for the blessings you've given to us. And we thank you that we can be a blessing. So Lord, may your blessing rest on every heart, on every relationship, and everyone here, and all who listen and watch. May your kingdom come, and your will be done, through our blessing on this earth, as blessing is in heaven. Amen. <laughs>